Hi, my name's Sophie, and today I'll be reading from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 56. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born to be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May a word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfil his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Sophie. Well, um, this morning I want to talk to you about a song that Mary wrote, uh, which was in that reading. Um, she didn't give the song a name, uh, like you know, we usually do when we write songs. Um, but throughout Christian history, we've called this song the Magnificat. Uh, it's nothing to do with cats, but it is a lot to do with magnificence. Um, the word mag Magnificat actually just means an outburst of praise. One of the most popular songs of the last 10 years or so is the Pharrell Williams song, Happy. And, uh, you know, this is a bit of an outburst of praise. Look at him there. He's dancing there with his spotty shirt and his yellow collar and yellow cuffs. And then he's dancing with the, the gospel choir. 
and I know a lot of a lot of kids love singing this song at school. So often when we're dropping off the kids um, at the start of the day um, at school, this will be one of the songs that's playing to say, "Come into school and have a happy day." Um, and when you read the words, <coughs> he says, you know, in the chorus, "Because I'm happy," and this is a chorus he, he sings over and over and over and over and over and over again. Because I'm happy, clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. Because I'm happy, clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth. Because I'm happy, clap along if you know what happiness is to you. Because I'm happy, clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do. And he's happy because he's happy as he sings in the song. Um, he's just feeling the feels all, all around. But Mary has a reason for being happy, which is not just because she's happy, you know, and just woke up on the right side of the bed and the sun's shining. Like it, She's got a real reason for being happy. She's bursting with praise and joy because she, um, because she uh, has been told by an angel that um, she'll give birth to Jesus, who'll be the saviour of the world. When I was a kid, my, my mum and dad said that I was very even-tempered all the time um, and that um, I never got angry and nor did I really get excited like Pharrell Williams is here. Um, I was just chilled out and um, even when I was seven years old, um, I can remember I really wanted a bike and on Christmas morning, Kath and I got up early, probably about five o'clock. We used to get up ridiculously early you know, on Christmas Day and we rushed under the tree to see what was there and I desperately, desperately wanted a bike and under the tree was a brand new bike. It's a bit like this one, a bit similar to a BMX, bit, but it was very 80s looking. Look at that. It had that red kind of, that wasn't the exact bike, but it, was, it had that kind of, um, that sort of Velcro thing around the bar in the middle and it had, you know, the red shiny, you know, um, sort of chrome and it was, it was pretty cool looking. And um, I was really, really, really excited, but I didn't show it on the outside. If you looked at me, you would have thought that there was no bike there at all. It was like as if I was blind or something. Anyway, eventually mum and dad got up and they, you know, did the parent thing and we opened all, all our presents out of our pillowcases, which is what we used to have instead of stockings. And we get the little toys and things and cars and little things. Um, and I did not acknowledge the bike because my emotions were so huge inside, but, not, but they weren't on the outside. I was not like singing songs and dancing or... or it, visibly excited and so dad looked at me and he said Peter have you even noticed the bike that's there and I said oh yeah with a real blank look on my face and I went over and touched it and we wheeled it along the corridor a bit I didn't even know how to ride a bike at that stage so I couldn't get out on the street and ride it I didn't really show much praise because my emotions were still blocked up inside um, but Mary Mary wasn't like that. Mary was so excited, she couldn't hold it in. She was about to receive a gift even better than her first ever bike. She was about to get her firstborn baby. And her excitement exploded from every part of her. She was doing her happy dance. And she makes up this song, the Magnificat song, on the spot. And it begins like this. My soul glorifies the Lord. 
So with everything she has, every part of her body and mind, she brings praise to, to God. She says, I am excited. I love God with everything I have, and I think he is the best. And then she sings, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She's rejoicing. She's full of joy. Why? Because God is her Savior. So she's not just happy because she's happy. Because she's feeling feelings, she's happy because God is her saviour. Because he's giving her a child and he's her saviour. She recognises, by saying that God is her saviour, she's recognising that she's not perfect. She hasn't been perfectly obedient to God. But he is her saviour. She knows deep in her heart that she has told lies at different times. She knows deep in her heart she's said bad things about people. She knows deep in her heart that she has lashed out in anger at different times at her parents and her people in her family. She's been jealous. There's lots of ways she can remember breaking the Ten Commandments over and over again. She just can't keep it. And normally knowing all those ways that you're not perfect weighs you down. It can make you terribly sad. It can fill you with shame. But Mary doesn't sound weighed down, does it? She doesn't sound like she's full of shame. Why? Because as she sings here, she has a saviour who is God. She knows that God loves her despite her sin. My spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. My spirit rejoices in God, my saviour, she says. If you're weighed down by mistakes that you've made, in your life, if you feel ashamed about things that you have done in the past, I want you to know that you are just like Mary and you are just like me. Mary needed a saviour and I need a saviour and you have a saviour, Jesus Christ, who is offering you his forgiveness. And I encourage you to pray and ask Jesus for forgiveness. God loves you. And he wants to offer you forgiveness and he wants you to be, him to be your saviour. And when you receive that forgiveness, you will be filled with joy just like Mary was. The Bible says that one of the main ways we experience joy is from forgiveness from God. If you know the story of the prodigal son, a story that Jesus told, um, it's a great example of how forgiveness leads to joy. Uh, there's a father and, and a son and the son rebelled against his father and ran off and, and brought great shame upon his father and uh, then the son realized how all the wrong things he had done and and many weeks or months later came back to his father and was sorry for the things that he had done wrong and in that story you see the love of the father bringing forgiveness to his son and there's so much joy that the father throws a party for his son and everyone rejoices. And this is what happens when you, when you receive forgiveness from God. There's a great sense of joy like you want to throw a party. Joy is what you experience when you've been walking away from God and living sinfully. And then you turn and walk back towards God. The Bible says that when you do this, your wailing turns into dancing. It's like you have changed your clothes of potato sacks. And replace them with garments of joy, it says in the Psalms. 
Earlier this year, we ran the Alpha course during lockdown. That was a great time we had. Um, we ran it on Zoom. And one of the stories that was told in the Alpha course was um, from an English man called Shane Taylor. His story was one of the most powerful examples of joy from God's forgiveness that I've ever heard. So I thought I'd show it to you. It's a very full-on story, but it's really, really powerful. So just have a listen to Shane. I got in with the wrong crowd and I started to um, pinch cars, burglar houses, uh, become known, me and my friends become known as very high profile thieves really. I used to carry big knives, uh, the, the big knives to the smaller knives down my waist and I was the kind of person where if you pulled a knife out I would use it. I ended up stabbing someone in the head, I ended up um, stabbing someone just missing his heart and going through the top of his shoulder, uh, the, the top of his chest and his shoulder away. He dropped to the floor and so I was on the run for two attempted murders. And then I was just, when I went to prison, I had such a hatred for the system and I couldn't handle being told what to do, couldn't handle prison officers mucking me about. When I went out on association, I got the prison officer and I, uh, I stabbed them. And then this led to me going into maximum security prisons, being put on CSC. It's where they feed you through a hatch in the door. There's no physical contact, so they have to have riot shields and riot gear on. Um, and that was my life for a long, long time, basically. And I, I just was going from prison to prison, prison to prison. But then I ended up going to Long Larton in Worcestershire. And when I was in there, I ended up going in an alpha course. Never heard of an alpha course, didn't know anything. And I just remember walking in because it sent me down. I sat down on a chair. And I thought, oh no, it's a Christian thing. And we'd just go there every week and I would argue. And the pastor, um, I remember he come to me. He said, right, I'm going to say a few scriptures first before we pray. And one of them was, no one's righteous, not one. We all fall short of the glory of God. And then he said the verses about Jesus and explained a bit why he died on the cross for sinners and stuff. And then he said, pray. So I started praying and I said, uh, God, I said, God, if you're real, come into my life because I hate who I am. And nothing happened. But then as I was talking to the pastor, I started to feel this energy feeling in my stomach. And it started to raise up and raise up and raise up and raise up. And I just broke out into uncontrollable um, tears. And I just sobbed. <clears throat> and I just... Right there. Because that was a change in my whole life. I knew God was real. Um, and no one will change that now. And then I remember <laughs> running on the wing. People clearly knew that I would become a Christian. So I actually helped them on another two Alpha courses. And then I, I, um, I got released. I've been in a prison where I... Because you would have thought that the prison where I stopped the prison officers would have been the last prison to have me. But they were the first. That's how good works. The best thing for me is going in prisons and helping the lads in prison and, and trying to tell them about God. I've got um, four kids and then my life. Um, and what upsets me is because now I know um, that back then, if I had the kids, 
uh, they wouldn't have had a good upbringing. And now they sit on the night and have Bible studies with their dad. Um, <clears throat> have Bible studies with their dad. Have a life, a beautiful, um, and my life, and this probably is my wife and my kids are the best gift, that, apart from the grace God's given me, is the best gift I've ever, he'll ever give me. Didn't expect to cry like that. Recovered now. Perhaps you um, feel joy watching that video. And that's the amazing thing, is it's not just that you get God, you get joy from God forgiving you, but you also get joy from seeing God forgive other people and hearing those stories. What an amazing story Shane Taylor is. And if you're watching this and you're seeing him crying and you're wondering, how is crying joyful? Sometimes your joy is so overwhelming that it causes you to cry. And it's, and it's tears of happiness. It's not actually tears of sadness. Now, I'm showing you this, the story of Shane, not because I'm suggesting that Mary was some dark, violent criminal or anything like that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the joy um, that she has in, when she's singing this song comes from knowing that the, the child she's going to give birth to is this amazing gift by God to the world and that stories like Shane's story are going to be f coming in the future. So, and they're around the corner because the Messiah will be born and he will bring forgiveness to the world and grace and God's love to the world. And people will experience salvation. And that's why she's experiencing great joy that God, her saviour, is going to save others as well. God knows her heart. God knows Mary's heart and he has seen her faithfulness. He's delighted in her obedience. Look at verse 48. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to to generation. You see, Mary's humble. She doesn't think that this is happening to her because she's special. Um, she thinks that God is the one who is important and she starts singing about his power to save people like Shane. She's singing about God's holiness and his mercy. She knows that the child that God has given her will not just be for her town and it wouldn't just be for people in her time, in her lifetime but he would be for people in the future throughout all time. She's bursting with joy because the arrival of this baby boy will be the most significant thing that God has ever done in history. She's amazed that she's even part of these events and she is experiencing joy and blessing because she believes what God is doing and she believes in him and she believes in what he has promised. Look at verse 51 to 53. He has performed mighty deeds... With his arm, he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. It sounds like when Mary says all this, that she's talking about things that happened in history in the, in the past, 
at, at the marvelous things God has done in the past. But actually, she's looking forward. Actually, even though she's using past tense language. Um, she's looking forward and speaking as if it's already happened. And this is the way the Old Testament prophets used to speak. Um, so it's a kind of a, a thing that she was familiar with, a way of speaking that she was familiar with. She says that it is not the proud or the mighty or the rich who have the last um, word in the world. Rather, through this baby boy, God's Messiah, the mighty and the powerful and the rich and the famous will all be overthrown. They will disappear into the background. They will end up in our rearview mirror as we drive forward into history. This Messiah will lead a revolution, she's saying, where the hungry will be fed and the rich will go away empty. See, in Mary's time, people believed the opposite was true. They believed that the rich would be blessed and the poor must expect to be hungry because it's like they deserved it or something. But Mary's God doesn't do what people do. He turns human attitudes and orders of society upside down. Already we've said that you can experience joy in your life through receiving God's forgiveness and also observing God's forgiveness in other people's life for forgiveness of sins, joy from forgiveness of sins. And that is the best kind of joy you can have, I think. And if you've ever, you know, asked God for forgiveness and, you, you know, for the first time, you'll know that it feels like a new life has begun. But if you're already a Christian, you might also be asking, how, how else can I receive joy? And you want more joy. Mary has just shown us two more things we can do. First is that we can regularly spend time reflecting on the marvellous things God has done, the, the wondrous acts of God in history, and we can meditate on his mighty acts um, that he will do in the future as well. This is what she's doing, and it's giving her joy. So when we celebrate Christmas each year, you know, one of the reasons we do it is because we're reflecting on and remembering one of the mightiest acts that God has done in history. And this is why it gives us joy. We are recalling God's powerful work in Jesus. So, And when we read the Bible, this is what we're doing. We don't read the Bible because God told us we had to. We, we do it because it actually gives us joy. But to really get the joy, we need to do it in a worshipful way. We need to read the Bible as much as we can. And sometimes it's hard because we're tired and, you know, it can feel like routine sometimes. But as much as we can, we, we, not, we need to try and be worshipful when we read the Bible and not, not approach, approach the Bible in a critical or cynical way or a, a, just a purely cerebral, that means in your brain kind of way. Um, many, many Christians lack joy because that's the only way they know how to approach the Bible. It's like an intellectual exercise. Rather, we need to approach it as God's word and a record of God's mighty acts and allow it to stir our hearts. The other thing that Mary does to bring joy to herself um, is to completely embrace God's upside-down way of seeing the world. Um, And that's what we can do too. It's to live out the value that power, wealth and career success is not what brings blessing to you but only that God brings blessing and that he looks favorably on the poor and hungry. Don't just embrace those values tokenistically. Do it, you know, in practice. Live them out in reality. You do this and you'll find deep joy in your life. Look at verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful. 
to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. God showed his mercy to the Hebrew people starting in Abraham and he will continue to do that in Jesus. That's what she's singing about. What we've looked at this morning is Mary's song about her situation with God. And it is actually a song that we can all sing. All Christians can enter into the praise that Mary entered into that day. All Christians know what rejection by the world is, what being humble before God is. And while it's hard for us in the West because we're a very wealthy um, people in the West, most Christians around the world and throughout history know what being poor is as well. We often forget that in the West. Most Christians are poor. Mary's song is saying that those who appear to be powerful in the world are often powerless before God. And those who seem to be hopeless and helpless are being cared for by God. And she is truly grateful. You know, we live in an age that's obsessed with personal rights. And we can start to think the world owes us some, something, a certain standard of life. And for most of us, how we can give or serve, how much honour there is in giving or serving, is not necessarily the highest on our priority list. For many Western Christians, we treat God more as if he was our friend who we can negotiate with, rather than as our almighty creator and saviour. But in Mary's song, we see that she understands the difference between God as a friend and God is her creator and saviour. She knows how much, how much of an honour it is that God should be actively involved in her life. She sees this as a great privilege. She knows she did nothing to deserve it, and so she brings praises to God. And so should we this morning. Let me pray for us. Look, God, um, we thank you for Mary's song. And we thank you for the joy that you brought to her that morning um, as she um, realised what you were doing in her, the mighty acts, to bring the Messiah into the world through her. And we pray that we can embrace those truths that are in that song, the Magnificat, and that we can see you as our saviour and know what that truly means and that that can bring joy to our hearts, that we can know what it is <clears throat> to be a person who is forgiven by you, by your, by your grace and your love. We pray that we can be people who um, embrace um, the world, the, 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 view, the, the view of the world that you have, the, the politics that you have, the upside-down politics where um, uh, the, the powerful will go away empty but the poor um, will, be, will be fed and will be blessed. And we, we pray that as a church at Mary Creek Anglican, living in a very privileged part of the world, um, that we can live this out in, in a practical sense, that this is not just token for us. It's not just, um, you know, something that we, that we say to ourselves but don't really live out, but that we can embrace it. And we pray that we can be a church that always remembers meditates on and reflects on and rejoices in your mighty acts from um, 
from history and your mighty acts that you're doing now and the mighty acts that you will do in the future. We pray also for our church. Um, we thank you so much um, uh, that you have been close to us this year, that you've been holding us in your hand throughout this difficult um, nine or ten months it's been um, uh, separated from each other. Um, and we thank you for the ways that you've been able to still um, minister to us in, in our hearts and, and, and use us to serve each other in different ways. Um, we thank you so much for um, the, the news from the school that we're going to be able to worship together again starting in January. And we pray that, um, that you are with us in those times and, and that you help us to really um, care for each other um, and also to, um, to be able to worship together in spirit and truth. We pray also for today um, that as we gather together at the park that um, there will be a great sense of joy and, and that joy will be in, um, in Jesus ultimately. And so um, we lift up all the things that we've thought about um, this morning um, and these prayers to you. Amen.